Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoma's Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Udrum. Jacob, you're back. We're at Stone Cloud, and you're back to the show after missing last week. Yeah, you couldn't get rid of me that long. No, no. And, and you did make me buy you a 12-pack of Stone Cloud to bring home. It's, it's all right. I don't, I don't need to be reimbursed. It's okay. No, kidding. Of course, uh, great day being back here. It's Bedlam week. All sorts of excitement. We had some, some fun chats with Mike Gundy today. A uh, lot to talk about. Uh, but first, as always, what you drinking? I have not drank half of this yet, by the way. This, right, this, right. The, the keg blue. Yeah. Um, when they're pouring it, so I think I got more coming my way, maybe? I'm not sure. Anyways, I, I am changing up a little bit and going with the Stone Cloud Brown. It's mm-hmm. a newer one. It came out, I think, about a little over a week ago. I think so, yeah. Because I was bummed I couldn't try it last week on the right. show. So um, it's really good. Got a really good, rich malt flavor to it. Really good. Really, um, it's fall. Well, it feels like winter today yeah, it does. It does. here, but uh, it's technically fall. Yeah. It's a great fall beer with Halloween being tomorrow. Right. Um, so I, I, I really like it. This is. It's a good choice. Yeah. What about you? You're also dressed up as a Rangers fan, I see. This is yeah. my costume this yeah. year. Uh-huh. Diehard Rangers fan who is full of anxiety, dread, <laughs> um, upset stomach, not un- vomiting. No, right. no vomiting. Um, yeah. You know, all, all those symptoms that come with a team being in the World Series. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling that right now. Um, yeah. And as some people know, I went to game one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still, I, I think I came down from the high of that yesterday, maybe a little bit, maybe today, because mm-hmm. today I've been filled with a lot of just dread knowing the series is right. tied in one. Yeah. And we're obviously on a deadline here now because game three is tonight and yeah. got work to do. So I uh, got to get going. But me, uh, I am drinking Holt My Beer 2. Two. We had this last year on the show. Yeah. It was fantastic. I haven't even tried it yet, but I'm getting ready to. I, oh, I was going to say, you haven't tried it even, Not even worried about it. I know it's going to be fantastic. I really like the one from last year. I even found it a few other times later in the year when it was still around. Mm-hmm. Big time fan and really looking forward to this one. Uh, but, uh, but, but with that, this one is for uh, uh, Go Pokes 1983. Now four, four, say, that's four, straight, been multiple, yeah. four straight weeks uh, for, for Go, Pokes, Go Pokes 1983 to win. He had 37-17 for, uh, for a score prediction. Oh. Of course, as you know, if you're watching on YouTube, go down into the comments, post your score prediction for Bedlam, and have a chance to win a beer that we will drink for you on the show next week. We need some more people to get in there to go go and try to, to challenge this uh, this four-week yeah. run for Go Pokes 1983. He's on an Ollie Gordon-type run Absolutely. with the right now. Really Ollie is. Gordon-type run. Absolutely. I feel that way, too. I got some Twizzlers. Oh, I already the, ate out of the candy dish. Out of the candy dish. Really excited about that. I'll save that for after the show because the sound of me chewing Twizzlers <laughs> is not uh, not ideal for uh, podcast audio. And I'm pretty sure Stone Cloud has a Halloween event going on tomorrow night. I don't know that we have details they're, around they're this year. They're certainly decorated. But they're decorated up, but I know last but, year they did stuff. Um, so, yeah, get, and I know the neighborhood around here does stuff, so get out here for Halloween for Stone Cloud. Yes, exactly. 
uh, also on your list of things to do. Go to Oklahoman.com, subscribe to the Oklahoma State Cowboys newsletter, which we produce for you every week. Got something fun that we uh, haven't actually decided on yet, but it'll yeah. be fun, we promise. Uh, probably Bedlam related, I would assume, but like I said, I mean, we, I think we it should know. be Baylor related or something. Okay, that's just, fine. Just, we'll, 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 we'll just to mix it up this week, it. you know, I'm sick of Bedlam talk. Right. Just talk about Baylor. They're not playing Baylor, but let's just talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. They, it'll, might it'll, play, they might play them next year. That's true. You don't it's know. true. It, it'll definitely be Bedlam related. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, so yeah, got all that coming. Uh, as we mentioned, a lot of fun talking to Mike Gundy. Uh, Bedlam Monday is always a fun one because he'll always get into to telling old stories, spinning old yarns, all those yeah. different things that, that, that he is capable of doing in a very entertaining way. Lots of Brian Bosworth talk in, in his in the Gundy uh, story time today. That was uh, that was good stuff. People have to go read your story to see yeah. all the uh, all the good bits of, of that. But uh, but. Obviously, this is the last one of these for the foreseeable future. It's, it's a big deal. And as much as Gundy doesn't want to fully admit that this is a huge deal, it is, and he knows it, he realizes it. He just doesn't like to admit it because he doesn't want his players thinking it's any bigger deal than Kansas State three weeks ago yeah. or, or, or whatever. And, and I got his point because he talked about Kansas State was bigger. I got mm-hmm. his point because he started saying Kansas State was bigger. And then Kansas was bigger, and right. then what uh, the West Virginia go to West Virginia winning on the road was bigger, right. and then then winning last week against um, Cincinnati right. was bigger because if they'd have lost one of those games, this game is not as important as right. it is exactly on the field on the in the Big Twelve standings. Um, it's still as important because it's the last bedlam, and OSU really he's he's not going to say this. They really want those bragging rights to win the final bedlam, right? Um, for however long it will be, is the final bedlam. Um, they really want that. It's really important. And he admitted that the game's important. But yes. I get his point because for this game to really, really matter, mm-hmm. you had to win those other ones if you're OSU. Right. And so I, I understand what he was trying to say there. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I know, I know fans get frustrated by that and they want him to take the less miles approach. And, and, or the Mike Boynton approach. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and blow this up and make it mm-hmm. a, a, a week that feels different. And while there is some excitement in that moment, it's the aftermath that as a coach you have to manage. Because if you, I, re- I remember eighth grade, first time playing, uh, playing school football, Mustang Week showed up for us at UConn and it was a different vibe in practice on, starting on Monday. Mm-hmm. And it might, you know, the coach is walking around while we're in stretch lines and, and you know, saying all this stuff to get us fired up. And I get that, you can, you can build some energy that way. But then when it's over, are you, are you building your your team up for a crash, uh, an emotional uh, an emotional letdown, whatever it might be? So I understand why Gundy has his his philosophy. If it was me, I would probably be more in the less miles Mike Boynton mm-hmm. school of things because it um, it feels more natural. Yeah, but Gundy has his his reasons for doing this, and uh, it is what it is. So my, my other question too, though, is I think. There's so much of the portal era and things like that too. Like, and Gundy, and this was this was also what Gundy made a point of. These players all know each other. Right. They're friends. They go to each other's games. They they've worked out together. They've mm-hmm. played together. They've done all these things a lot of different ways. And so the rivalry loses its luster because these guys are more than just um, opponents anymore with each right. other. They're, they they know each other, and so. I kind of understand that too because though, so then I think of Gundy 
feels like maybe Gundy feels like if he gets too high emotionally right and makes it too much what it is then it kind of spirals things in a weird way that these players don't really care that it goes that way mm-hmm. yeah and his his analysis of what rivalries have become I think is spot on yeah because the hatred is not there the way that the way that it, that it used to be yeah. in not just Bedlam but across the board you know he always points to the NFL and and I mean I don't know how I was never that invested as a fan when I was younger yeah. in in NFL rivalries, um, so I don't I don't know how those are different. But he's absolutely right now that you know you know when you got guys changing teams so much as free agents, all those different things that that play into that. The the hatred between the Bears and Packers mm-hmm. is not not what it was in the eighties, you know. So. It's just it's just kind of the nature of, of the world right now. It's yeah. uh, it's 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 different. So unless it's Rangers Astros, then the yeah. hatred's real. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> I'm gonna bring it all back to the Rangers, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, um, let's jump into uh, to some talk about the actual football game itself. I, let's start with the, let's start with the Big Twelve standings because I find this fascinating for multiple reasons. A five way tie for first place right now. Obviously, OU and OSU both in that. The fact that OSU is in it at all after after where this team was after four weeks still blows my mind. I remember, um, and this was even before they had lost to Iowa State, but this was after the South Alabama loss, standing there with, with Casey Dunn, asking questions about you know how they get back on track and all of that. And he's like, you know, we still got all of our goals ahead of us. We still go win a Big 12 championship. And I'm like, hmm, yeah, okay, whatever you say. It's a good goal to have, cool. Yeah, whatever you say. And, <laughs> uh, and, now, and now they're right in the thick of this thing. And Getting better while they're doing it. Getting better. They have, out of the five teams left, the easiest schedule remaining. Mm-hmm. They, play, they play OU and then, and then four teams from the bottom half of, of – or three teams from the bottom half of the conference – so they've got the most favorable schedule the rest of the way out. It's, it, it feels very weird to be in this position based on where we were a month ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I think even, bef- even going into the season, I, didn't, I don't know that we expected them to be in a first place battle at this point in no. the season. Um, and then the, thing, the way things started so poorly and then um, to be here, you've – and, and so, Gundy was asked today, I thought it was interesting, who gets the credit? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> right, the players, the coaches. And I think it's both. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a mix there. I think there's credit to be given for Casey Dunn for adapting the playbook and finding a way to get Ollie Gordon the ball as much as possible. Right. And getting Brennan Presley more involved and making Alan Bowman comfortable. And then Leon Johnson can come out of nowhere and do what he did last week when you're down eight receivers that they're down right. or whatever. And, you know, and then you got to give credit to Charlie Dickey for getting the offensive line going. And you got to give credit to Brian Nardo for the way the defense has come. Then you look at Nick Martin, his growth, and Anthony Goodlow and, and the secondary holding on with all these young guys. There's just so many things you can right. look at and say. It's just, it's it's one of the better coaching jobs and playing and players adapting that I've seen in a long time at and, this level. And then you, you mix into that. I know there are a lot of guys in leadership roles this year that were not part of last year, but there are a lot that's, that were. And those guys felt the snowball of last year, the second mm-hmm. half of the season. 
they could have they could have been overwhelmed by what they felt with those two losses and let the snowball rebuild but they didn't they they were able to to refocus their energy refocus their uh, their goals and and make it work i um there's so much about what they've done that that impresses me um but that said now we're here with a, a, a bedlam game that is huge for all the other reasons we talked about, and it's huge for the Big 12 standings. It's uh, it's really entertaining in Stillwater, where where OSU won the last time that they uh, that they played a bedlam, where they won nine of ten uh, as as home underdogs, mm-hmm. and and their underdog though the uh, the spread has been dropping from what I've from what I've seen. It's already down around four in in some places. Yeah, it was like six and a half, I think, and then yep. four. I thought it was gonna be like four and a half, is what my guess was yesterday before the. They came out. And yeah, so, uh, yeah. Um, I was I was more in the five to six range yeah. myself, but it's obviously already moved down. So I, I just it's it it's just such a remarkable thing. And, and you think about it too, if if OSU wins, they can end up in Arlington, but they can also end up in Arlington against OU again too. Exactly. So we could be talking all this bedlam hype of this is it, right? And then they could be playing for a Big Twelve title yeah, game we, again in we December. We get another one in a month, right? That would be fun. That would be fun. That would be that would be the uh, the. Uh, the end all be all of of a fun for this season. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's let's move to the game it, itself. Obviously, I think the the biggest thing on each side of the ball is OSU's ability to uh, to run the ball with Ollie Gordon, which is obviously going incredibly well, and OU's ability to stop the run, which I think is a little shaky, particularly if Danny Stutzman doesn't play at linebacker. That's if you're if you're OU. That's the big concern you have because so much of what o- o- Oklahoma State can do offensively comes off of Ollie Gordon yeah. breaking off long runs. So I, I think that it's that's where the story of this game is told. There's going to be a lot of other things that happen. Other guys that step in as as big time players making important plays. But that's where it's going to start and end for me, I think, Jacob. Yeah, it's a good play. I mean, everything right now starts with Ollie and ends with Ollie anyways right. for OSU. So that's where you've got to go. I mean, because they're going to keep feeding him until someone can stop him. Exactly. And, you know, Gundy talked today about how Cincinnati's put an extra guy in the box and they figured out how to get around it. And they go right at one of the best defensive tackles in the country. Yeah. And, and have success. And so I think... <clears throat> If Stutzman's not in there, they're just going to go up the middle again. Right. Right? I mean, it, this isn't the same defensive line that, OSU, that OU has had in the past. Right. Where they can just go and overwhelm a team up front. Mm-hmm. And so I think, um, you know, that's where you're going to look. I also look at third downs. That's going to be huge. OU's very good on third down offensively. Mm-hmm. And OSU has been not nearly as good as it has been in the past few years on third right. down defensively. So I think... Yep. That's going to be a big telling part of this, too, is if OSU can get stops and get off the field defensively. Mm-hmm. They've done a good job preventing points, but they've been bending and not breaking a lot. And right. OU's the kind of offense you can't do that too much. Right. And, um, you know, you know, Dylan Gabriel has, has been much better with his, his downfield passing attack this year than he was a year ago when he was overthrowing everybody, it seemed, every other mm-hmm. play. Um, and that's obviously something that has been an issue for, for Oklahoma State, giving up long pass plays. Having some uh, some busts in the secondary, and and you know that that Gabriel is going to want to attack those young safeties in particular, the inexperienced safeties that that, that he can you know line up 
one of his receivers against. So that's going to be um, a major factor in, in how well Oklahoma State is able to hold up and not get busted on some of those big plays like they've been doing. So that's going to be that's going to be a, a fascinating thing. We'll see. Um, you know, I would assume that that Venables has something unexpected on the defensive side to whether it's to attack Ollie Gordon or uh, or just to, uh, to to try to keep Alan Bowman off balance, keep him mm-hmm. uh, uncertain about what's going on. At the same time, I'm I'm really curious to see what the next step is for Casey Dunn. Yeah, uh, his uh, his creativity has been on another level this year. Uh, we're seeing every week we're seeing key plays at, at big moments that are stuff that we haven't seen before at all. So, um, you know, I think back to uh, um, the, the play action that led to the first touchdown uh, or the Brennan Presley uh, reverse handoff for, the, uh, yeah. for the, the one yard touchdown. I go back two weeks ago, they go five wide with right. Ollie yes. and, put, and use him as a decoy yeah. and, and throw it over to, was it Bray? Jaden Bray on yeah. the other side. And so, I mean, just stuff like that that Casey hasn't been able to do, that was three weeks ago, I guess, but hasn't been able to do consistently because of injuries and mm-hmm. things like that that he can do now. Exactly. You mentioned Jaden Bray. We should uh, we should talk some receivers because that was another thing we discussed with Mike Gundy today. He says, don't expect Leon Johnson III to be redshirted at this point. As, as we, uh, I'm pretty sure we discussed this on the postgame podcast, yeah. even though it was 3 a.m. and I don't really remember yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, it's kind of a blur. Um, Leon Johnson, basically, if he plays one snap in any game the rest of the year, his college career is over. That, well, not, not over until the end of the Thank year. You. Oh, look at, that. look at that. Thank you so Great much. Great service. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's hardcore pre-gaming right Ooh, there. Double fist. That's really it. fresh and good. Very nice. Um, but so, Leon Johnson III, uh, sounds like he's, they're, gonna, they're just going to have to play him now. I, I, think, I think Leon would really like to redshirt. I think Casey Dunn would love to redshirt him because he sees kind of the, the, the unpolished gem that he has yeah. and what he could be with, with another year of training. I just don't think it's going to be possible. Now, now, Gundy didn't go into specifics about Bray, Shetron, or Blaine Green and their injury status going forward, um, but we'll, we'll see what happens in terms of who's available for it's, Bedlam. My question is, and I haven't dug into this, so this is why I'm asking, maybe you know, is there a, an appeal process or anything, in any way you could try to get Leon an extra year? Because he set out the COVID year, right. which I don't know why he set out the COVID year. Um, and that doesn't give him that extra year of eligibility. So Correct. is there, I mean, he played baseball though. Right. So, yeah, it's different. I, don't, I, I guess that's different. I don't I mean, I think he could get an extra year of baseball eligibility if he wants yeah. to go play for uh, Josh Holiday, maybe. He's a pretty good center fielder from what I've heard. From what so, I hear. But uh, yeah, and it seems like he could probably cover a lot of ground. Yeah. Um, but, but, but yes, my understanding is because he sat out the yeah. COVID year, you know, Division Three, they don't allow players to redshirt at all. There was actually a, a conversation that had to be had with the NCAA as to whether they could even redshirt him this year if they tried, because he had played three years. And uh, they were finally, they finally found out that they would be allowed to redshirt him at this level. So that was uh, that was a, a, a whole. Well, then why can't you still redshirt him? Because because now you're at this level, you should have a redshirt still, I would think. But I don't. Well, right. I mean, that's that's the well, issue, though. Well, that's that's. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, they would they would they yeah. would love to redshirt him. Yeah, but yeah. They just because gotcha. of the injuries, they're not going to be able to. Gotcha. So, Sorry, I. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's very complicated. It's it's a mess. It is. Um, I'm double fisted now, Scott. You are getting after it. That's uh, you're going to be ready for the Rangers tonight. Yeah, I can, I can tell. All right. Um, 
other things from uh, from Gundy today. He was he was all over the place as is, is expected yeah, on a, a pre bedlam. Um, see what else you talk about. I think I think how have we gone this far? Not truly talked about Ollie Gordon. Yeah, that's fair. And what he's been doing. Um, third week in a row of being the offensive player of the week for the Big Twelve. I'm sure wow. national awards are going to start pop up again tomorrow mm-hmm. for him. Those usually come out on Tuesday. Right. Um, so those will start popping up. And Gundy was asked about how Ollie's handling the spotlight, which I thought was all fascinating conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think we talked about this on the last podcast. Again, it was 3 a.m. But the fumble and how Ollie responded and slamming his helmet on the sideline right. and, and doing all those things. And how Gundy went over and had a long conversation with him about, hey, you can't do this. I've been around the best. They don't do this. You can't do this. Ollie apologized apparently multiple times. Right, sounds And like it went and fixed it and was better and responded well. And I think that's kind of showing how Ollie's handling this because when you talk, like I talk, I wrote about Ollie last week. When you talk with his mom, you talk to the, one of his old coaches, like this is a humble kid who wants to just win and play football and have fun doing it. And that's what he's doing. Yeah. And so I thought that was fascinating. Also, it's fascinating how Gunny talked about how Ollie's a kid that can really market himself if he keeps this up right. because he's. He's got a, a million-dollar smile. He's got all this stuff about him that is so popular and endearing to people that I mm-hmm. think that he can market. I thought I thought all that conversation was fascinating because we're to the point now that I I don't think Ollie can seriously get in the Heisman talk because of the first three games of the season um, and running backs in the Heisman talk are really hard anyways. Mm-hmm. But he's going to be in some people's conversations, and we're Absolutely. getting to that point where he's going to stay there if he keeps this up and maybe even burst into some some polls. Yeah, he, he absolutely is. Balance, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, I think the possibility of him having a good enough finish to the season to get himself to New York is within the realm of possibility. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be taken seriously as a uh, as a contender for the trophy, but I do think he can get to the point that uh, that he's you know a top four guy that that gets a trip to New York. I might say if he runs for two fifty again against OU this weekend, <laughs> I'm going to put him in New York. Okay. Uh, that that's absolutely. I, I just feel like if he does that, he, you might as well just put him in New York because okay. that's going to be incredible if he pulls right. that off. Good. So the ticket uh, that I booked on Southwest.com is, is I'm, I'm okay to hang on to yeah, that. Yeah, I think, think so. Okay. I mean, you know, yeah. maybe it's just maybe this is all just me wishful thinking <laughs> my way to uh, to New York for uh, for uh, a weekend in, in yeah. December. I don't know, um, but yeah, listen. Um, so so we've talked we talked in the post game and we've written about. Ollie's back-to-back 250-yard games, the only guy in Oklahoma State history to do that since Barry Sanders. In doing some, some research on that, I found an, an even more exclusive list, not more exclusive, it's still just those two, but a, a, a list that should be easier to get on than that, yeah. that nobody else is on. The only two guys in Oklahoma State history to rush for 270 yards in two games, period, for their careers. Now. Barry did it. Uh, five I want to say five. You told me five. Uh, five, yeah. yeah, five times in in one season, which is uh, I still can't. <laughs> and not even playing full games most of right. that season. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sitting at a lot of fourth quarters. Mike Gundy made sure to point that out today that Barry didn't play most of the full games. In, right. That season. He pointed to two that did. OU and Nebraska. The yeah. two he said he played the full games. Yeah, and slept on the sideline the rest of the time. Right. So, uh, so Ollie now already has two games over 270 yards. And he and Barry are alone on that list, and it, there's nothing that tells me that he's not going to pop another one at some point this year. I mean, 
you add in his receiving yards, we go to go go oh, to man. just scrimmage yards. He's got three straight games over two eighty. Yeah, and it's uh, it's just pretty ridiculous what we're seeing. Obviously, every team is going to fully game plan around him from here on out. But if anybody was going to stop him, I would have said it would be Cincinnati, and and they figure out a way to run the ball against Cincinnati. So incredibly impressive what what he is uh, is doing right now. I got asked this the other day, and I know that, that Mike Gundy has has often compared him to Keith Toaston. Uh-huh. I covered I covered Toaston for a season in 08, and he was splitting time with Kendall Hunter that year. But um, he was it was kind of a thunder lightning type of uh, type of duo. Is there, a, is there a, an old running back that 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 you think of when you watch Ollie Gordon run? Oh man, I'm not great at this game. Because because um, uh, while you think about that, you know you know Toaston. Um, I don't know what he actually weighed. He seemed a little slimmer than Ollie. I'll have to I'll have to look up what his actual weight was, but he seemed a little slimmer. Was very physical. Um, probably uh, probably because of the lack of size. Probably more physical runner than Ollie. Yeah. Um, just from the standpoint of he, I don't think he was I, that big. I don't have any. I don't have anybody. You can you can keep going because I don't. Yeah. I mean, it's, the. Um, the guy, and I'm not saying that he is this guy, but just his running style reminds me a lot of Eric Dickerson. Okay. The similar build, the, yeah. the long strides, those sorts of things. Um, you know, obviously he's got a ways to go to be Eric Dickerson, a, a pro football Hall of Famer. But <laughs> that's the that's the style I yeah. see. That's the the vision I get when I uh, when I watch him run. So, um, very excited about where this is all going to go. It's going to be a great story, no matter what happens with Ollie from uh, from from here on out. So, uh, what else about Gundy stuck out to you uh, today? You, uh, I know you wrote a little bit about some of the different different things. No, I mean, I think I think we've covered pretty much all. He's pretty glowing on Dylan Gabriel and his toughness and his uh, sneaky ability to run the ball. Right. Um, how he's pretty deceptive with his speed, and so. But that was fascinating too. Um, and he, he pointed out one thing that that I've noticed in what little bit of OU I've been able to watch this year is that he really seems to like running in the red zone. Yes, especially inside the ten, and he's really effective at at, at that. It's going to make the linebackers' job really important this week. You know, I know I know Nick Martin. I'll, I'll even throw uh, Kendall Daniels in in this conversation with the linebackers because. They're going to be the guys that, that have their eyes on Gabriel the most mm-hmm. and are going to have to be able to make plays sideline to sideline, which Nick Martin has been really good at so far. Kendall Daniels, I think, is, is certainly in that category as well. Um, you know, Colin Oliver, this is uh, a different, uh, it's a whole different world for him all year, um, but his development as a linebacker, I think, is, has been really impressive. I'll be curious to see how much they try to use him as as an edge rusher mm-hmm. as opposed to traditional linebacker how they uh how they kind of uh, kind of juggle that and let him uh, be able to move around and do some different things i think that could be uh, fascinating as well so a lot of stuff about about that aspect of this game because he's not he, dylan gabriel is not the fastest guy that osu has faced in terms of a running quarterback but he is effective when he does it so it's it's going to be an, an important facet of this game, I think. All right. Um, anything else from uh, from Gundy, or is that uh, is that about all the, uh, I, I the think, excitement? I think from, we've had the excitement. There. Like so. like we said, the, the 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 old bedlam stuff that you you've yeah, read you about. Yeah, go find that Oklahoma.com. Yes, Doc exactly. Gundy and Brian Bosworth. You gotta you gotta go read that. Yeah. 
uh, I highly recommend the, uh, the, the the vitamin C. Yes. About about Bosworth having some vitamin C and a few drinks, but uh, that's uh, that's the most exciting part of it. You'll have to go uh, check that out in what Jacob wrote. So with that, is it time for the? We're halfway to a Stone Cloud six pack already. I, yeah, it's here. Stone Cloud seven pack. Yeah, exactly. I got seven. You get you're you're ready to go. So uh, with that, is it time for the Stone Cloud six pack, Jacob? It is. It is. It's going to be some fun questions for these players later today for me. Oh, absolutely. What, I'm going to have to check the ABV on this on this brown it's here. Six, what, six oh, percent. Okay, not well, bad. not terrible. I looked earlier before the podcast. Good call there. All right. Well, as always, three uh, three categories regarding the game itself, and then um, and then our draft, which I'm uh, very excited yeah, about. Yeah, and I've, done, I've definitely done my homework on these three categories about the game yes. itself because yes. I have no idea what they are. Here I we go. Have not told you. I was nice to Joe last Did week. Did you tell Joe ahead of time? I told, I told oh. Joe the, the three categories. All right. Well, uh, I still want to know. I, I like this. I've got I've got uh, I've got some ones, uh, some fun ones, I think. So we'll start with uh, the man of the hour, Ollie Gordon. And as, as we discussed, three, three weeks in a row, over 280 yards from scrimmage. So that's the category I'm going in, and I'm lowering the number. 199.5, over or under scrimmage yards for Ollie Gordon. Is he going to get 200 is what I'm asking you. Is he going to have a fourth straight 200-yard from scrimmage game? I'm going to go under. Are you? Yeah. I think OU is the best defense they're going to face in this stretch. Yeah, I can see that. And... And I know Venable's enough to know he can really game plan for someone like mm-hmm. Ollie. So I think I'm going to go under. Yeah. Though I'm going to put a caveat saying if he goes over, I'm not going to be surprised because they're going to hammer him at the ball. So. They are. They are. And, and I think the volume is what's going to get him there ultimately. Okay. Uh, that and, and the screen game. The screen game. The fact that uh, we'll, see, we'll see how things change tonight and tomorrow when OU folks speak to the media. True. But it sounds like Stutzman probably won't be able to play. It's a lot of speculation that it's a high ankle sprain, and that guy is, is the soul of that yep. defense. He's, he's, uh, he's like Nick Martin. Yeah. A little bit with tackles and getting the football and stuff. He absolutely is, and, and I think that is going to give Oklahoma State a chance to, to take advantage of a, of a redshirt freshman backing him up and, and, and make some things happen. So I'm going over okay, that's fair. The, uh, the the 200 there. All right. And I kind of want to be wrong, and not that I'm rooting for OSU in this regard. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not. I'm not. Like, I, I, I just want – but I want the story. Right. I want the, the oh, fun absolutely. of this, of Ollie. Yeah. So. Like, like this, is a, this is the type of ride that, yeah. that people in our seat as journalists dream of. Yes. To get to, to, get, to, get to go on a ride like this. And, and like I said, I'm ready to book my tickets to New York just uh, – <laughs> just, for the fact of being in New York in December. Yeah, I've always wanted to do that. I'll be jealous. Oh, no doubt. All right, this has become one of my uh, one of my new favorite categories for uh, for the Stone Cloud Six Pack, combining sacks and interceptions, sacks and picks. So the uh, the the line right now, over or under four and a half combined sacks and picks for the OSU defense. Four and a half. You know, they've been averaging what a little over two takeaways a game. Yeah. Uh, but a few of those have been fumbles. I'm I'm gonna go under. Gabriel's just elusive enough to really hurt yep. that. I'm not saying the turnovers. I think the turnovers can get them close. Mm-hmm. But getting Gabriel down on sacks is pretty hard. Yeah. I uh, I can see that. I'm, I'm going under as well. Yeah. I think they can get to four. Yeah. They get to five. They're having some real success. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, I, could see, I could see two of each pretty, uh, pretty yeah. comfortably. But... I think uh, I think getting over that is going to be a real good sign for Oklahoma State. I don't know that they can do it. All right, 
Number three in the Stone Cloud six pack. Going a little bit big picture here. Okay. Will there be another Bedlam played before 2045? Yes. You say there will? Yeah. All right, so there's, uh, there's three different options. One is uh, obviously the Big 12 Championship this uh -huh. year. Two is a bowl game. Three is a regular season non-conference game. Which, uh, which direction of those three do you think is most likely? Non-conference. Non-conference? I think 31, and that what Joe was writing there today. Uh, they both have an opening, yes. Yeah, I think, I think that's going to happen. Think so? Eventually. That's just my gut. I have no okay. insight of this whatsoever. Right. Do not run to the to the to the market with this. Mm -hmm. I I have no idea, but I think that will be it. Uh, my my only hesitation with with thirty one is that it's a single year. Well, that's true. So like, who gets you, the home yeah. game? All those sorts of things. Yeah. Okay. That's now, fair. I think I, I I'm still uh, I'm still I'm with you. I think it'll be played again before forty five. I think TV will get involved and make this happen at some point. Yeah. And uh, and once you get past uh, either thirty seven or thirty eight, uh, both teams have openings in their in their non conference for yeah. Power Five opponents. I think we'll see it happen by then. Uh, I don't know that it'll ever be a uh, hundred percent every year again thing, but I do think that that by 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 twenty forty, I'll say we'll have uh, we'll have another one. Um, yeah, def definitely by but on on the schedule before forty five. So is Mike I, Gundy still the coach? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I feel safe in saying no. Okay, that okay, I do too. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we'll move to uh, to the draft, which it's a good time because that, that sun yeah, starting to shine really in. Good, it's yeah. getting uh, getting a little rough. Uh, but in honor of uh, you and your Texas Rangers, your trip down to Arlington for Game One of the World Series. We're drafting postseason. Right. I yeah. just can't do it. Yeah. That was such a great, great night. Right. It's like it's like I should <laughs> I should have been like testing you the whole show. Like if you had like a serious face, I'll just go Adolis Garcia yeah. and just Corey watch. Seager. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, well, just watch yeah. what happens. Yeah. Um, but in honor of, of your trip to the World Series, we're drafting postseasons. Your favorite postseason. Uh, I don't want to say format because because certain sports change, change. Yeah. a little bit, but basically a sport. College or pro, it's all on the table. But it's got to be a, a, a true postseason. Um, so, uh, with that, I will uh, I will open it up because I'm a nice guy. And <laughs> you, you know what my pick's pick. going to be. Just put MLB baseball down. Yes, exactly. I always loved the play baseball playoffs as long as I can remember. No matter how much has changed, nothing beats October baseball that has meaning to it because right. those teams, everything gets amplified so much everything's so intense every pitch and i and i think that way even when the rangers aren't in it right. and now all of a sudden the rangers are in it and i'm going this is the most stressful thing in the world and so like i think playoff baseball just because it gets that blood going and just heart rate up and everything right. i think i think postseason baseball okay this is uh this is an unscripted moment here in the show yeah. and taking people behind the scenes just a little bit we're recording this on on the camera that's as part of your ipad yeah an espn alert just popped up during, while you were giving yeah. that answer, did you see what how it was? Much I did. I couldn't read it because of the sun. Okay. But how much panic was there in in your mind as soon as an ESPN update that could be something like Max Scherzer, you know, has a has a blister on his finger? Let's and see. I got look, look at my phone here real quick. All right. Are we good? I uh, know it's an Adam Wainwright alert for some reason. So whatever. Oh, okay. Well, he's not right. involved. Okay. All right. 
All right, very good. But he's retired. But I just wondered how much, how like it's, there there had yeah. to be some emotion in seeing yeah. an ESPN update. A little update bit, that, a little bit. Yeah. Point. All right, uh, that that was my thought. Uh, now I, as you as you alluded to, I fully expected you to you're good uh, mm-hmm. you, to to go Major League Baseball with your uh, your first mm-hmm. pick, which I knew. Your second pick was probably going to be this, but it opens up the door for me to take it with my first pick, and that is March Madness. Ah, yep. I knew that I wouldn't get that because, well, you know. Right. I'd I'd take baseball. Yes, exactly. And uh, perfectly understandable. And and you could argue that's the best season format in general. I mean, the NCAA tournament is is what it is. It's so much fun. It's, uh, you know, it was uh, was the first one that I really understood, uh, you know, as a kid because my dad would get the – you know, yep. you know, back then we didn't have a we didn't have a, a printer. Or you had to get the Sports Illustrated yeah, bracket, right? Exactly. Or something. Had to, yeah, yeah. Yes, or uh, the Oklahoma had in the in the newspaper. Yep. My dad would go buy like six newspapers the, the the day that the bracket came out, so we could all fill out our brackets. Yeah, all of that sort of stuff. So, um, so that's been a, an obsession um, since as long as I can remember. Yeah, no, that's that's a, it's a tremendous format um, that. That like I just I eat up to and it's just that's unfortunately going to do that's okay though yeah there's other options so uh, so that that uh, that takes us to it what is your second pick oh man that's it gets tough from there because I feel like it it's those two and everything else right. can kind of yeah be debatable from there mm-hmm. um, but you know it's hard to argue with the NFL playoffs that's fair like. It's a little more predictable than the two we picked. Right, right. But I like what all these with Super Bowl. I've always been a huge fan of the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. no matter who's in it. And I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, so obviously I've not had a running interest in the Super Bowl in a very long time. Right. Um, but I just love that event and what that leads to. Yeah. The uh, championship weekend, you know, yes. two weeks before the Super Bowl, is, is one of the coolest days because, you know, it's, Sunday is just typically, you know, a couple NFL games, and yeah. So, but so when you get that with the, with those stakes, it's it's so much fun. Um, no uh, no disagreement from me there. Uh, I'm I'm sticking in the college realm for my second pick. I'm actually going to go with college softball. I wonder if you would take that because you've covered a ton. Of I've it. I've covered it basically every year uh, that I've been at the Oklahoman, which would be so that's. Uh, uh, I'm in my 18th year now, so it would be 17. Yeah. Uh, I, I missed one year where I did not cover the uh, the Women's College World Series. So 16 of the last yeah. 17 Women's College World Well, then there was COVID in there, so that messes up the math even more. All of them but one yeah. over the, the last almost two decades. They've been held. Yes, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, I love, I love the format, especially now. You know, when I first started covering it, it was still dominated by, by UCLA and Arizona. Yeah. And parity has uh, has really come in. We saw UCLA get beat by two unseeded teams on their home field in in regionals. Didn't even make it to supers last year. All sorts of fun stuff. The the super regional format is a blast, and and then obviously the women's college world series is uh, is one of the coolest events that uh, that I, I think is going. So is, does that so does that take college baseball off the table? Because it's no, the no. same format. Same format, but it's okay. uh, it's a different okay. sport. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, okay. And, and and especially when you work in. Uh, pitching yeah. and and all the thought that has to go into that, how different that yeah. is handled, I, I think it's definitely a because that's what my next pick handle. is. I'm just gonna pick college baseball, Perfect and especially I'm I'm going to include though the conference tournaments mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. because I like that. I love conference tournament weekend baseball. I love covering the Big Twelve baseball tournament. 
right. and I love everything associated with it because there is so much strategy involved in that. It's double elimination. Mm -hmm. You've got all kinds of things you got to get through, and then the same format for softball for baseball leads to Omaha, where you've got ten days there. Right. It's even longer than the college, than yeah. the women's college world series. But there's so much strategy involved, like so the pitching, the hitting, anything can happen. We've seen OSU have some very high moments, some very low moments right. the last few years, and the intensity of that alone is so worth covering to me. Yeah, absolutely. It's good stuff. All right. So uh, You're up with your was last that pick. your was that your third pick? That was my third okay. pick. Yeah. All right. Very good. So that brings me. There were there were I had I had two more on my list, um, so I'll give them uh, give them both a shout out. The the uh, golfer in me really wanted to pick the uh, college golf format. Okay. Um, you know they, they they have stroke play then match play. It has blended uh, the the two of them made it uh, a very exciting and uh, you know the match play is is the great equalizer. It gives it, if you can get to that top eight, you've got a shot to win the whole thing. I uh, I really enjoyed it. I especially enjoyed when Oklahoma State hosted it here at Carson Creek. Oh, yeah. And got to cover uh, that day to day to day. I covered the women, and then the men start right after that. Covered that, it was like, it was like 12 days at, hanging out at Carson Creek, which is not the worst thing in the world if, uh, if, if you're me. So I wanted to pick that, but I didn't. I'm actually going with another sport that's a little off, uh, off the beaten path. I'm going with NASCAR. You're a big NASCAR guy. I am, an, I, I am, I am NASCAR. not a NASCAR fan, right? But I, I, I don't understand it. But go ahead. Right? No, it's, uh, it's, it's understandable. But um, you know, I, I started covering NASCAR for us. I would go down and cover all the Texas races, uh, you know, twice a year, and one of those was always a late season race. And uh, you know, back before they institute, instituted the, 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 what they first called the chase and now called the playoffs. You know, you could get to the, the last race of the year and, and, you know, the champion is so far ahead of everybody that, that nobody can even catch him in the last yeah. race. There's no drama. They brought in this playoff that's, uh, you know, they eliminate after every third race. Um, you know, we've seen some real drama, particularly with Christopher Bell, an Oklahoma kid who I've, I've, I've interviewed several times, written about several times. And, uh, you know, he uh, last year won twice on elimination day to advance to the next round when he otherwise would have been knocked out, got himself into the final four. He won uh, two two weekends ago to get himself advanced. He'll be in the final four this weekend. It's uh, it's been a really cool thing to uh, to get to cover. So I don't watch me. this. Are there really just are there four cars just racing no, by themselves? The whole field okay. still races. Okay, but it's all based on on, on where you finish. Okay, so, yeah. okay. I didn't know if it was like a cars movie and you right, just have right. three racing. Yeah, no, it. no, okay. no. Still got to still got to deal with all the other uh, okay. all the other thirty six guys. So why are there. the other guys racing? Money. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I figured, but I right. thought I would ask. Like, yes. I mean, what's the point at that point unless yes. you're getting paid? Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. So, uh, so yeah, that is uh, that is my final pick. You, I, I've really enjoyed it. You want another one I considered? What's that? Yeah, and I didn't pick this mainly because I don't, you know, people who listen to this may not care or understand it or aren't even from Oklahoma. The Oklahoma High School Basketball State Tournaments. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> I, I, di I didn't even consider yeah. that one. Uh, but man, that is a, that is such a fun. Uh, really, two weeks when yes. you, you work in two the small schools yes. before. That's that's the best two weeks of covering high school sports, Absolutely. being around high school sports. That tournament, those tournaments alone, because there's so much high drama. Every town, the towns are so into it. The right. communities, everything. I almost picked that, but I just thought, I don't know who you know. 
it's hard to explain if, yeah. you don't, if you've never experienced it. You yeah. live in Oklahoma, right? Exactly. And and you know, even some people that that have maybe they're you know at a six A school or or you know like Stillwater here or whatever, and, and their only experience is is, is with the uh, the five A six A tournament yeah. at, at Oral Roberts. Completely different feel at, at the big house in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Which uh, I was out at the uh, at the fairgrounds not too long ago, and they they're 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 not going to have the new one ready for uh, for next next March. Right. Close. It's coming, and they're already uh, they got they already got the new big house under construction. Going to be really exciting to see yeah. uh, that whole new facility. So, um, yeah. So uh, that's uh, that was an excellent one. That by far was. The I, I would have picked it, but like I said, I just felt like it was almost right. out of bounds here. Right. No, that's fair. All right. Well, with that, I think uh, I think we've uh, we've covered it all. Yeah, I got another beer to drink. So you, let's you go. do. You need to get get to it so we can go uh, so you can go slur your speech in front of college kids. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> um, all right. Well, with that, we'll wrap it up. Thank you for joining us. We'll have our uh, our post game bedlam podcast. Uh, it'll be up probably sometime on Sunday. So uh, make sure you're subscribed and can uh, can check out all of that. But thank you for listening and watching uh, the Cowboy Chronicle. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.